Um, on today's show, Kathy and I talked about the number 666, selling cleverness and buying bewilderment, Brittany Grainer, and obviously Joy Jeeps and Jeff Bridges. Anything you want to add to that, sweetie? Just that today's podcast is about finding what works for us, finding what makes us feel like we are part of a community and finding our sense of belonging and contentment in the world. Hope you enjoy the show. Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number... Are you ready for it, sweetie? Six hundred and sixty-six. Yep. Let's not make it that. And make no, we're it we're gonna we're gonna no no we're gonna make it six sixty-six because I did a little research on the number. So oh okay, it's all good. good. If you can offer me some positive, yeah, I'll offer I you will. some positive. Okay. Uh, why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And I always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Kathy and I are in recording from two different places in our home. I'm in the basement. Studio. Do you feel outstanding, sweetie? Comparatively speaking, yes. Um, <clears throat> I'm uh, coming out of a little COVID spell that began last Sunday. We typically record on Mondays, and uh, that was not going to happen. And then I thought that we'd record yesterday, and I realized that wasn't going to happen. So now it's Wednesday. So I don't know when this sucker's going to go up, hopefully Wednesday afternoon. But uh, I'm slowly getting stronger and better, even though I still feel a little funky. Yeah, do you really feel better today than you did yesterday? Uh, I don't know. It's all kind of blurry, but yeah, I think so. I mean, okay. I didn't want to I do. I mean, a pod- you're sitting up. Yeah, I didn't want to do a podcast yesterday, and here I am doing a podcast today. Yeah. So okay, we got to take the little things, right? Baby steps, baby steps down the hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so a few things. One is, um, I think I'm going to be heavy on the content at the beginning, and then Kathy's just gonna. I'm going to pass a baton over to Kathy. <laughs> Because she decided that she wanted to call this uh, Jeeps. What do you want to nope. call this? Joy, Jeeps, and Jeff Bridges. Joy, Jeeps, and Jeff Bridges. Little yeah. JJJ action. Oh, 666JJJ. Right. So I got a few announcements. Okay. Um, and they're going it's, it, to, it's important. So bear with me. First thing is, I always forget to say this, but if you're listening and you like the podcast, the best thing you could do to help us is simply tell a friend. I, I have it written in my notes on every single one. I'm showing it to Kathy right now on Zoom, but I always forget to say it. So if you like us, tell a friend about us. So thank you for doing that. I also want to say something on that note. Sure, go ahead. Um, about uh, reviews. Um, if you have been listening to this show for a long time um, or a short time and you feel like you can give it a five-star review, go do that. Um, for several reasons, just because we appreciate it. It helps with all the things on iTunes, you know, all that stuff. But also because there are a few people who don't now, you know, things are getting political (laughs) and a few people don't like our viewpoint on, you know, guns or Roe v. Wade or something. And that's fine. They have, that's, that's the name of the game, but I'm also like, we need to make sure that we have the people who are listening and um, are appreciative of our viewpoint to um, make themselves, you know, to put a review up as well. Um, and so that's, I just wanted to comment on that because we don't, we've been doing this 11 years. So I don't think we've asked for reviews for five years. <laughs> yeah. And it shows because people, we used to ask for them all the time. So people yeah. give them all the time and now yeah. they haven't, I don't know if you noticed, I actually manipulated the system a bit, not manipulated the system, but 
I asked a few friends to give us a review, and they did. I don't know if you saw them, sweetie. Oh, thank you. Thank um, you. Uh, just because the last review that was written was a person, I don't know if it was a man or a woman, who said unsubscribe because of something that we said about... Because they, they think Roe v. Wade, the decision is a good one, and yeah. they thought we were wrong. Yeah. And like I said, they have a right to that opinion, but then I want to make sure we balance it out with people who, regardless, it's not about politics. It's just people who appreciate the show. Yeah. Um, I'm like, oh, we got to ask for reviews again. So here we go. Well, Kathy and I used to be very, um, maybe vanilla and the first seven or eight years. And as we've, as the show has grown, as Kathy and I have grown, we've been a little bit less worried about being neutral. <laughs> Would you say that that's fair? Well, I just think we're just being more genuine and authentic. And I think that that's exactly what our country needs right now is we need people who, um, you know, who speak up. And you know what, Todd, I don't even want to go on this because today's about Joy, Jeep and Jeff Bridges. We've done so many shows about, you know, the world and we'll continue to do that. But today, because you're not feeling well and because we wanted to kind of focus on something different. Mm -hmm. We'll go in a different direction. All right. So I want to say thank you to Marsha from Albany, Oregon. She uh, just joined Team Zen. If you don't know what Team thank Zen you. is, uh, click on the show notes. It's just a way to connect with Kathy and I live on Zoom and then get a bunch of other resources and be a part of a special community. So thanks to Marsha for that. Um, so the spiritual meaning of 666, you ready, sweetie? I'm ready. I'm ready. It's an encouragement to refocus. Seeing 666 tells you to pay closer attention to any fixation you currently have on earthly problems and details. An Ooh. obsession with getting everything right and taking things too seriously is a distraction from the bigger picture. So then what's the whole revelations? I'm uh, just ignoring the whole Bible part of it. I'm oh. just, I'm, I'm giving you different interpretations of that number that okay. don't include the biblical one. So these are like, you're reading what people would call angel numbers, yeah. which is the symbolism of numbers. Um, when we see them, like, you know, obviously a clock doesn't say six, 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 but there can be, we can see maybe a bunch of sixes in a row and yeah. take it to, well, I'm going to give you a few other examples. Uh, 666 is also the sum of all the numbers on a roulette wheel. You probably oh, didn't know that. I didn't. And then in Chinese numerology, the number is considered to be lucky. Yay. And is often displayed in shop windows and neon signs. In China, 666 can mean everything goes smoothly. Hmm. So um, I just wanted to share that. And then I, I also feel the need to bring a little bit of attention to Brittany Griner, who's the female mm -hmm. NBA or WNBA star who is being detained in Russia. And um, I've read a bunch of blogs from people who I respect, and I feel the need to carry that forward. Um, she, Brittany apparently is one of the biggest stars in the WNBA, which I didn't really know because I don't track it that closely. But it, it's as if, if this were happening to LeBron or Steph, um, you know, the whole world would be going crazy. Yeah. And but because this is a WNBA athlete, it's getting less attention. And I feel the need to just continue to use our platform to shine a light on, um, you know, the imbalance of of notoriety of female athletes versus male athletes. And I have a feeling that um, our government would we'd be doing things differently if it was an NBA star versus a WNBA star. Well, let me add a little bit to that. Okay. Um, Todd, did you listen to The Daily uh, last week about this? No. 
Okay. So I've also been reading and the daily was really helpful. So for those of you who uh, don't know about the daily podcast, it's through the New York times and they did a whole show about it. And it's a little more complicated than it sounds like, for example, when it first came out, they were quiet for a reason because often negotiations can be done in a, in a better way, a more, uh, a faster way if the, it doesn't become a political pawn situation. So the family was kind of quiet. The government was kind of quiet, um, not necessarily because they didn't care, but because they were trying to do something before it gained this kind of mm. notoriety. Then there was another person who had been detained in uh, Russia who was sick, uh, Trevor, somebody, and there was a trade that we did. Um, a prisoner exchange? A prisoner exchange. And he was sick and was they, they were thinking he was not going to make it. And so that became a thing. And then, as we all know, it, she was detained about a week before the Ukraine, uh, the, the Russian war on Ukraine. So now all of our like, it, it became even more complicated because we couldn't, there were so many things happening um, I mean, where do we even begin with, you know, with that? So I am in no, I'm in agreement with you. We need to continue to talk about it and figure out a way. Like I, if we, as we've talked about, there's always, you know, you can't just stop, mm. but I also sometimes feel like with this situation, it's pretty, um, there's a lot, it's pretty intricate. Yeah. It's and I don't pretend to understand all the intricacies. What I do yeah. believe is that if this happened to a high-profile NBA star, yeah. it would be getting more attention from press, government, all the above. Yeah, that I can I can agree with you on that. Um, and then uh, my friends, one of my best friends, his name is Frank, his wife Jamie sent this to me. Um, right. She's an Illinois resident, as Kathy and I are, and she just shared this with me. I'm like, I'm actually going to share this on the podcast in February of 2022, the HB 5522 was introduced to the Illinois House to ban assault weapons in Illinois. Mm -hmm. And it has a bunch of links. And I'm going to share these links on the show notes. It's only relevant if you're an Illinois resident. But it's um, it's a way to kind of quickly find out who your state representatives are and then just to call them. And as I was preparing for this podcast like 15 minutes ago, I'm like, you know, I'm going to go through this. And I called and I talked to the state senator and somebody answered. Like I talked to a man and I'm like, hey, I just letting you know I'm an Illinois resident and I really hope that we can ban assault weapons in Illinois. And he's like, well, if you, there's no special session, so not, when the time comes, your state senator is going to vote yes to ban these things, but we want it to happen in a special session. I said, is there anything I can do? He's like, call the government, the governor's office and ask for a special session. So oh. I kind of felt like, you know, Joe, John Q. Public, you know, government person, <laughs> <laughs> whatever I'm trying to say. I usually don't do these things. How about like John Q. Political activist? There you go. Political activist. <laughs> and so then I called the governor's office and I did it all like in two minutes and I just feel like some are like oh that's a waste of time like I don't know maybe it is a waste of time but it makes me feel better and it might help so well then right there it's not a waste of time yeah like there there it isn't a waste of time the I feel like the calling of the senators and the sending postcards you know we kind of started doing that um you know around 2016 or whatever and you know it's it's not about, it, it's kind of the starfish story, right? People, you know, the story of like the, the person walking along the beach and they're finding starfish that have come up on the sand 
and they pick them up and throw them back in the water. And people are like, you know, came by and said, don't bother doing that. There's way too many of them. And he, you know, you can't save them. Mm -hmm. And he says, I saved that one. Yeah, right. You know, it's the same kind of story. Like you don't say, well, I'm not going to get involved unless I'm going to win. Yeah. <laughs> you get involved because it makes you feel like you're being, um, can, you know, involved and it makes you feel like you're making a difference and that you have information for other people. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate you making those calls. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, I want to highlight the Zen Parenting Moment. And maybe I already mm. highlighted this one, but I need to do it again. Okay. It's titled Hope and Expectations. For those of you who don't know, Zen Parenting Moment is something Kathy puts out every Friday. You started out with a quote, sweetie, uh, from Rumi. You've seen my descent, now watch my rising. And you talked about the Duke women's basketball coach, Carol Lawson. Mm -hmm. You told me about it on the plane that day. Yeah. And do, is there anything I want to share one thing at the end? But before I do that, is there anything you want to say about well, this? Read her quote that I put. We all wait in life for things to get easier. It will never get easier. What happens is you handle hard better. That's what happens. Most people think that it's going to get easier. It never gets easier. Uh, I just I just said that twice in a row. Um, maybe Kara did too. <laughs> yeah, maybe she did. Um, what happens is you become someone who handles the hard stuff better. So make yourself a person that handles hard well. Yeah. So Todd, we happen to be flying somewhere together and um, he read that to me or he showed it to me on YouTube or something. It went viral that day, whatever mm -hmm. day we were flying. And um, it was so powerful for me because I was like, and she was talking to her basketball team. She was talking about sports, but it's bigger, you know, like, I think we're all kind of like, I'm going to do that once things calm down, or yeah. I'm not going to appreciate my life until things are in order, or I'm not going to take care of this. You know, we just, we wait for things to get easy and mm -hmm. they never get easy. What happens is we learn how to manage hard. And I honestly, Todd, I kind of felt like that was a lot of what at least you and I attempt to do on this show. Yeah is how do we manage hard better? Mm -hmm. Because the the idea, any teacher who's like, do this and this and this, and then your life will be great and easy. It's just baloney. It, at the same time, when things, difficult things are happening, you have permission to still have joy. Yeah. Like the difficult thing doesn't need to be a broom that sweeps everything else away. I know it can feel that way. And I have days where I cannot yeah. deal with anything but the pain I'm experiencing. Totally human, no problem. But then there are times when it's like, I just really resonated with what she said. I just want to become somebody who handles hard better. And if I look over the decades of my life, oh my God, like that's every decade has had a, wow, I did never thought I could manage this. And I have, I never thought I could deal with this. And I have, you know, you pointed that out to me. We had, we're still in the midst of it because you're sick now, but we've had about a month of like getting hit left and right with things. Yeah. And Todd keeps saying to me, if I would have told you, you know, end of June or, you know, the last week in June that you were going to be dealing with all this, or it was actually mid June. It's been going on a month that you, all these things are going to be coming up. You would have said, I can't handle it. Yeah. And yet we have. Here you are. Um, closing out your um, Zen printing moment. You said hope isn't a passive response. It's a willingness to refocus um, utilize our resources and take an imaginative leap. The only reason I thought this was cool is because you say in your moment, it's a willingness to refocus. 
and the spiritual, as I shared with you with the spiritual meaning of 666, is an encouragement to refocus. Oh, how beautiful. Right? It all came full circle. Well, um, and because hope, why I called it hope and expectation is something that I realized is that the, what, what's been killing me over the last years has been what I expect to happen is not what happens. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I've been looking for quotes about expectation because I'm like, how do I reframe expectation? How do I refocus? Because I'm not going to stop expecting things because obviously that can be a positive experience, but I also don't want to be at the mercy of everything I thought in my brain didn't happen. Therefore I'm on the floor. Yeah. Like I wanted to find a new way to handle expectation. And and I'm finding that, you know, I'm finding that it's about, well, I, there's a lot of quotes that I have now around my house about expectation, but um, that's why I wanted to write about it. And that part of it is just the hope and not the, you know, hope is one of those words that some people are like, you know, true Buddhists are like, hope is not great because then you're focusing on the future and not the present. But the kind of hope that I'm talking about is the a willingness and awareness that there's always light. So even when things go dark, because your expectation doesn't turn out to be what you thought it was going to be, you're like, oh, well, I got to deal with that pain and that grief, but there's always another way. Yeah. That's I, whatever that way means. I don't mean like another political way. I mean, like an, an emotional way, a connecting way, a way of, you know, there's just, I'm just very, I, I don't want to lose my hope in anything. Yeah. And if you watch the news enough or if you follow Twitter enough, it can just suck all the hope out of you. And don't let it. I write. Um, okay. Joy, Jeeps, and Jeff Bridges. What are we talking about today? So I Joy, we just kind of were talking about that in terms of hope is something that in these challenging, in this last month of challenges that we've had, I have been very thoughtful about what joy means to me because I can talk a good game about, oh, in the darkest of times, you know, don't lose your joy. But what does that really look like in real time, right? Like in an honest, genuine way. And I think that I've just been looking around and, and recognizing what it means, like recognizing how I've chosen to sleep more. And that's been good. Not in a scary, like going to bed at five o'clock thing, but like I'm going to sleep in a little bit and not have such a structure. Like, I love the structure of get up, go for a walk, do yoga. It can be very um, consolidating and it can be very, um, it can give us that sense of groundedness, but it can also lead to a feeling of if I'm not doing it, something bad will happen. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I found joy in the last couple of weeks of not having to do anything like that. It, it, but doing yoga when I feel like it, or, you know, last night we took a little walk or, but it feels more like a flow. Yeah. Um, and also realizing what really brings me back. Like, you know, a lot of times when things are going and I'm putting this in air quotes, well, and we're just kind of going along, we strive for things like more of something. I want to earn more money or I want to you know, write another book, or I want to like, we get really into this ambition thing, which isn't inherently bad. But what we recognize is that when we're doing that, there can be some like little spurts of joy, like, oh, we got that deal or oh, that, you know, that went viral or, but it's not sustaining. Right. And what I've noticed in the last couple of weeks of basically, you know, like you just said, I put out a Zen parenting moment every Friday. I have for about a year, 
But then in the last couple of weeks, I only did one mm. because that's I couldn't I didn't have the ability to write for yeah. a couple of weeks. And, and that felt good to not force myself. Yeah. To do so that. you didn't beat yourself up. No, I really I was so far from beating myself up because I was like, I don't have anything to write like and, and I didn't. So if you don't have anything genuine to share, you know, don't don't force yourself to share, mm-hmm. like just for the sake of it. That's kind of how I feel about it. Um, it's kind of your way of recharging your battery, too. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if I work for a newspaper and they're like your columns do, I would figure something out. But it's really more of my thing. So I'm like, you know, um, so there's that. And and then it's like, really, it's just what I really recognized is, especially when I was sick and I couldn't be around you, which I already talked about last week was really hard. But I just realized how people and and connecting and like conversations and sitting together and taking walks is really the joy of my life. Hmm. Um, and that it's when those things are missing that I really struggle. And, and they do, you are missing them sometimes. Sometimes people get sick or people, you get divorced or people pass away. Like you can't hold too tight to that either yeah. because everything is in life is, you know, it's uncertain, but when I have it, I'm really feel more in tune with it. Well, and um, what where I'm drawn towards as you're talking is that when you think of joy, we always put all this focus and attention on the big stuff, the birthdays, yeah. the weddings, all that other stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you've, it's probably like just a movie cliche. Like they always talk about the little things are the big, right. the big things, yeah. but there's truth in it. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it is the simple, small day-to-day things that become more of a memory or I don't know, more important when you look back on your life than the big stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, um, a couple months ago, more toward the beginning of summer, Todd and I went out to eat with two of our girls and my other daughter was at camp and we sat outside at a restaurant and it was just a beautiful night and we ate. And then we sat there for like two more hours and just talked and laughed and people walked by and we saw people we knew. And there was nothing more in life I need. Do you know what I mean? Like we went home, we went to bed. It was just such a, a lovely, yeah, and it, was, and, a, and it was a dinner. It was a dinner. And, and maybe that's got a lot to do with age. I'm sure that there are, I know that there are listeners to this podcast who are, have young kids and they're in their early thirties and they can't even imagine sitting at a table with their children and being relaxed. Right. And I can totally relate to that too. Um, because there are times when I just don't want to be parenting and I just want to be with Todd or by myself. Like there's all different ways to look at this. Um, but we've just had, you know, and just today, you know, I'm sitting outside. It's a beautiful day. I'm able to, you know, my kids are kind of going in and out. Todd is not great, but he's coming out to say hi occasionally. And that's what my life is. Um, it's very simple. Yeah, I try. I think the listeners know me well enough to know that I stay really active. I, I travel for work. I play a lot of pickleball. I get together with friends. I'm a father and all that. But at the same time, I'm deriving more and more value from sitting on the front porch with you watching our birds eat out of the bird feeder. And yeah. that's like such an 80-year-old... Um, <laughs> on some country, like I have like a visual, like that only happens unless you're 80 years old and you're drinking lemonade on a prairie on a back porch or something like that, overlooking a field. And I'm only 50 years old. Like I know how, how young I am. I know I'll, I'll be like, but there's, 
there's nothing better than watching these birds eat out of this bird seed that I bought at the hardware store out of this bird feeder. Like it's, it's like, it's almost as good as almost anything on TV, except for, except for Stranger Things. And I just watched an old Sopranos this morning and it was outstanding, by the way. Oh, really? There's one where Polly and Christopher get lost in the woods and they're all cold. Oh my God, it's so good. But yeah, Um, barring Stranger Things and Sopranos, give me the birds eating out of the bird feeder. Well, and Todd, I'm watching The Staircase, not the documentary, but the one with Colin Firth and Tony Collette. And I watch like one a night. Todd, I've had all this separation time mm. where we're like sleeping in different places. And um, it's really good. Like I'm very, it, and you and I watched the documentary and didn't love it. Um, but it this is really good. So I'm with you yeah. on certain TV shows. Pop culture gives us a lot of uh, fun, doesn't it? But Todd, what I will say is, um, the, I think that we go, we start as babies a certain way where we do enjoy birds and ants and the simple things. And then our life ramps up and we learn how to walk on this earth and live with other people and be in community and get educated and, and figure out societal norms and deal with ambition and competition. And, and we grow, grow, grow. And we lose track of those things. Yeah. We lose track of the ants. We lose track of the birds. Mm-hmm. We don't even see it anymore. We don't smell the grass anymore because we're so overwhelmed by the other aspects of life. And I think what happens is that as we have a lot of experiences, as life gets hard and as we see that there is no there there in an accomplishment that we maybe put all of our eggs in that basket of this is going to make me happy. And we're like, well, it gave me some joy. It gave me some here and there, but it's not sustaining. I think then we start to notice the birds again. And so it's not, I don't even want to call it an old person thing. I think it's a young person thing. I think it's always been there and we've been missing it. And then as we get older, we have more appreciation for what, for it. And what's funny about it is, you know, I, interpret it through a lens of being old and drinking lemonade. But if you think about it, this is kind of, as you just said, this is how we started. Like when I was three years old, I was fascinated by a bird eating out of a bird feeder, or I was fascinated uh, listening to the wind blow through a tree and hear the leaves kind of do their thing or watching an ant. Um, Like this, how we, how we showed up was just, amazing curiosity mm-hmm. and wonderment. Mm-hmm. And then in, you know, between the ages of whatever, five and I guess I'll say 50, I forget. And it's not that I completely forgot. And I'll forget again, probably tomorrow when I start feeling better and I start worrying about crap that really doesn't matter, but it's my crap. So I'm going to worry about it. You know what? I would say it's 10. I think there's something about 10. Yeah. I don't think it's five okay. because I still think there's Elementary a wonderment. school kids are really curious. And yeah. I think when we start to move into needing peer recognition mm. yeah. and being and blending into societal norms with it, which is completely developmentally appropriate, because we do have to learn how to live amongst each other. Yeah. You know, there's nothing about that being bad. Like turning 11 isn't bad. It just changes your brain. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, being able to come back to that is so I'm just pushing back on the five versus the 10. Yeah, it might be 10. And um, yeah, so anyways, so we started this out with, and as I'm kind of thinking through this, you wanted to call it Joy, Jeeps, and Jeff Bridges. And we're going to get to the Jeeps and Jeff Bridges in a second. Mm -hmm. But like for me, what I'm taking away from this conversation is like, um, you know, just decide to 
is wonderment a word? I think like just yeah, awe. Yeah, just yeah. be in awe. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to do when life's kicking you in the butt, whether you're sick with COVID or right. the Supreme Court did something that you disagree with. Like, how can you be in awe of that? Do you feel like at the effect of it, you feel a victim of it and you feel powerless around it. And what we're trying to do is balance out that victimhood with being in awe of very simple, like I can breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth and it feels good. Like it's just... I can be in wonder of my ability to breathe. Like it's kind of crazy. And anyways, I'm kind of, I know I I'm totally with you, Todd. And like, I'm, as I'm listening to you, I'm looking up a roomy quote because I feel like there is a quote about, you know, sell cleverness and buy bewilderment. Oh or yeah, awe. yeah. 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 I'll, I'll sell find your it. Cleverness. Look it up. I, I, I can't find it because I'm I'm on my phone and my nails are too long. I think now. we got that from Wayne Dyer, didn't we? And he may have been quoting Rumi. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't Wayne Dyer who said it. It yeah. was a Rumi thing. Um, but I I completely agree. I think that what when the world kind of knocks you down, it is it sucks and you have to deal with that and be honest about it and feel it and and all of that but what it does is then i'm on the ground looking at ants <laughs> yeah so sell your cleverness and buy bewilderment yeah uh, from rumi 13th century sufi mystic good old uh rumi yeah it'd be interesting interesting guy to meet so it's another way you know going back to kara's quote it's another way to um do hard better mm-hmm. you know um, it's just another way to to do hard better is you recognize the importance of the bees and the ants and the birds and the and the grass and my sunflowers and you just and we can say oh that's old people stuff but really I think it's wise people stuff maybe we and should. I don't think it's an age I think there's twenty year olds that get this I think there's fifteen year olds I think there's thirty year olds so it's not age maybe we should retitle this podcast and say sell cleverness and buy bewilderment. Maybe what about not. joy and jeeps? And so jeeps? let's move over. Why do you have jeeps and? Okay, so I want to share something about a jeep that I thought was just a really great metaphor, analogy, structure that we can follow. So I think you, those of you who've been listening to the show for a while, know that uh, last year um, I got a jeep because since I was about sixteen years old, I actually have a this picture in my um, my closet that someone drew for me, and it was all, all these things that I loved. And it was, you know, things like you love turkey club sandwiches or you love this TV show or you love this music. And one of the pictures was a convertible because I always wanted a convertible. And throughout my life, my dad actually had one for a while. So I enjoyed that when he barely let me drive it. Um, and then sometimes Todd and I actually, Todd, did we ever rent a convertible? I feel like we did it once. I think we did we it did. once. We did it in so- Florida. I felt like it was a really old thing to do. Yeah, but I want, I've always wanted that. Like it's a childhood thing for me. I just want to be in open air driving. And there's so many reasons why. Point being, I turned 50. Now's the time. Let's go. Todd was like, all right. You know, we we chose this together. And, um, you know, if not now, then when? And so to say that that choice was a good one is an understatement. It's been something that has kept me, um, uh, it has been nothing but joy mm. to be, well, that's not true, except when the top doesn't work. But other than that, we had an issue last summer, but other than that, it's the top works now. And I am 90% of the time in that car with the roof off and I could not be happier. 
Um, and it's not because of the Jeep per se. It's just being in the open air. Mm -hmm. But one of the things about Jeeps that I did not know is that people, and now I know I've been doing it for a year, but people with Jeeps wave at each other. Okay. And it's a very subtle wave. You basically have your, you know, you can do it any way you want, but most people have their fingers on the um, steering wheel and they just put up like peace fingers and they wave at others. So if you're driving by a Jeep, you wave at each other. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. Mm -hmm. And it's like this thing we do that is, and, and your sister had a Jeep a long time ago and said they, this has been going on forever. Yeah. Like I didn't know about it, but, um, and what I love, love about it the reason i'm bringing it up is because it's very there are people that drive by me in a jeep that have huge american flags coming out of their jeep and we wave at each other there are people that come by me they're 16 years old and we wave at each other there are you know groups of people in a jeep and we wave at each other there is no all that we know that we have in common is this car yeah and there is a, an appreciation and a love and a connection mm -hmm. and nobody debates. We just connect. And that has been like one eighth, maybe even one fourth of the reason I've appreciated this experience of is that I connect with all these people around mm -hmm. town, anywhere who, and then the other thing people do is there's this thing called getting ducked. D-U-C-K-E-D, -E like the like the bird. Quack, quack. And people will leave a duck on your Jeep and say, you got ducked. So somebody else who has a Jeep will put a duck on your Jeep, and then you either post about it or you pass the duck along. Hmm. And come on. Like, it's the most, like, fun and connecting and, like, community thing and we, again, nobody questions who drives this car. Yeah. It's just, we are human beings and let's connect to each other. Well, and I, what, I, what I think of is when I think of the Jeep wave, because I do it, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, it makes me think, because to your point, like the only thing that these two people have in common is they happen to be driving a similar type of vehicle, yet right. will still say hi to each other. Yep. Um, it just reminds me whenever you and I are lucky enough to be on a boat, like our friend, we're at a friend's lake house or something like that. And whenever we're at, we're on a boat, people like wave to each other much more okay. often when people are on boats. And what is that? Is it because we're in a good mood? Like it's hard to be in a bad mood when you're on a boat. I'm sure people have done it, but generally speaking, when you're on a boat on a lake in Wisconsin or wherever, it, odds are you're in a good mood and everybody's just waving to each other. I know. And the same rules apply. Nobody's like, am I like those people on that boat? Yeah. Do I know those people? I find it in small towns too. There's a small island in Florida that we go to and everybody says hi to each other and waves at each other. And then there, Galena, where we, that place we talked about a few weeks ago that Todd and I go where we were married. It's a small town. Everybody says hi to each other. Good morning. How are you? And I grew up with that. Like the town that I grew up in is not necessarily a small town anymore, but it was when I was there. And it was really strange for me to move to Chicago and to not have conversation with a person who lived across from you in the hall. 
And, and it's not because Chicago, Chicago isn't friendly. Chicago is very friendly. It's just there's so many people. Yeah, I feel like the opposite of being on a boat in Wisconsin, the opposite extreme is being in New York. And I love New York, by the way. Me too. But everybody's in such a rush. Nobody, this is an overstatement, but people are walking past each other because there's people everywhere. Like if right. you say hi to one person, you might as well say hi to all of them. So nobody says hi to anybody. Everybody's just like we're a bunch of worker bees, a bunch of worker ants just trying to get to where we need to go. I feel like that's the opposite extreme is either in Manhattan or on a on a lake somewhere on a boat. Right. It's like a you know, that's what I mean. Like there's big city norms, which you and I have appreciation for. We love big cities and there's small town norms that are very comforting yeah. and, and lovely too. And there's driving in traffic and enjoying, you know, your car and just being with yourself. And then there's connecting with people while well, you're driving. Well, I'm starting to put it together. Like you can't say hi to every, say hi to people in New York. Cause then you say hi to everybody. It's more of a frequency thing. Cause when yes. there's, there's not very many traffic jams on a lake. Like you right. come across a boat every like two minutes or five minutes in the same way in a Jeep, like they're everywhere, but at the same time, most cars are not Jeeps. So it's like, there is a, um, there's a frequency that is very friendly to waving because, so you don't have to wave every, to every single car. Cause like, how are you going to decide anyways, I'm just kind of processing this as we're talking. Well, recognizing the why this is the way it is. And, yeah. I, and I think it's less about the literalness of it. Yeah. And to me, it's more about the joy of it. Mm -hmm. And that it is about that recognizing that we do connect on things that are kind of just small and subtle. And, yeah. and that we don't question, you know, I think about there's a book I read and I'm trying to remember the author's name, but anyway, she was on Brene Brown's podcast, you know, like a year ago. And one of the things she wrote about in her book was how she also lived in Texas when the hurricane came through um, and how, when people were driving around in their boats um, to save people off their roofs, they weren't like, what's your religion? Mm -hmm. You know, what's your culture? What's your political affiliation? They just saved people off the roofs. Yeah. Common Am humanity. I saying roofs, right? Roofs, roofs. Uh, I'll I'll accept it. Um, common humanity. Common humanity, where you're not like questioning, are you like me, and are yeah. we exactly the same? You're just like you're human. I'm human. Yeah, Let like me help the, you. the tribesmanship went away. Correct. And we as Homo sapiens are are still, I judge, very tribal, tribal. oriented. Mm -hmm. Whether it's are you a White Sox fan? Are you a Republican? Are you good at math? Like whatever the thing is. We do find when we see somebody we have something in common with, we feel a connection to them. And this is the nuance that I'm always trying to get to is that all of that is fine. Like sometimes we attack things like tribalism is bad. Tribalism is anthropologically sound. Like there's reasons why we need tribalism because then we help and support and connect communities and then we feel safe and we feel grounded. There is a reason why it's when it goes, it runs rampant and we forget that people who may not have similar, yeah. you know, a Cubs fan, I'll keep it simple, is just as much of a baseball fan as you are. Mm -hmm. And you don't yeah. have to hate them. Yeah, we both love you, baseball. But why we both are we love baseball. Yeah, why are we focusing on the teams we root for as opposed to love for the game? Yeah, so tribalism has its reasons, mm -hmm. but it's when it goes, it becomes like... Too far. All-encompassing, that it's a problem. So... 
that's what I wanted to say about Jeeps. And then what I wanted to say about Jeff Bridges is that I, and I'll include Todd in this, Todd and I both have always had such a joy watching Jeff Bridges. And I mean, even when he was, you know, young, like I was kind of going through, I was thinking about some of my favorite Jeff Bridges movies and like things that I even forgot he was in, like Against All Odds. Do you remember Against All Odds? I never saw it. I just remember the music video. Yeah. Um, James Woods, Rachel Ward, I think her name is. Anyway, it doesn't matter. There was just, there's just so many reasons I loved him. Fabulous Baker Boys. Those are the old ones. And then, you know, he's been in lots of movies in the last uh, 10 years and, you know, won an Academy Award finally. And then of course we have Lebowski and what, what I've loved. It's not just his acting, which I think is so amazing. And his family, you know, his dad is Lloyd Bridges, his brother's Bo. He's the greatest guy. And not greatest guy, like he's donating all his money to a charity kind of thing. He might be doing that too, but he is one of the most genuine. Um, God, Todd, help me with words. Like where, when he's talking, he sets me at ease. Mm-hmm. Not that I've met him personally, mm-hmm. but I've seen so many interviews with him. And the reason he got brought back to my attention is he was on Smartless this week or last week with, um, <laughs> Jason Bateman and Will Arnett and uh, Sean Hayes. And even that experience of listening to him with them, those three guys are awesome. I love them and I love their show, but they're kind of always like throwing zingers out. And it's a lot of like. Their communication style is very at the expense of the other people, uh, you know, their co-hosts. Whereas Jeff Bridges has this, um, and part of me wants to just play a not, not, not for content, but just hearing his voice. He's it's got soothing. one of those voices that's soothing, like kind of how you and I both love Richard Rohr's voice. Yes. Um, Jeff Bridges. So I'm just going to try to find a quick little sure. clip of it. Hang Pull on. it up. And I will And I will say that I've listened, re-listened to that interview twice, not because, like Todd said, not because of the content, mm-hmm. but because I'm like, I this human is like going on, you know, another reminder why he's on my vision board. Like, he is a genuine, all pieces of his humanity. It's not about he's nice to everybody and he never gets in a bad mood. That's not true either. Mm-hmm. You know, like he talks about how he's has difficulty getting up in the morning sometimes and he's struggled with um, alcoholism and addiction. And he's, he's yeah. you know, he's a human. Yeah, he's not a perfect person. He's uh, imperfect just the way human beings are supposed to be. So let me see if I can find a clip just to give people an idea of, the warmth that talks. you and I feel uh, around his voice. Yeah. You save up to th- <laughs> until they at six months old. I mean, uh-huh. they were shoving it down Pinched my throat, man. You know, who yeah. wants to do what their parents want you to do? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to do. That's enough. Um, he called, first of all, he calls everybody man yeah. all the time. He's just like Lebowski. Not really. I mean, that's a character, but he has a Lebowski-esque quality to well, him. Well, and here's my favorite line from him with Lebowski. Yeah, well... You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> okay. Best line. Um, and he, everybody who's worked with him loves him. Um, everybody, like he always, you know, they talked about this a little on the podcast, the Smartless podcast, but I've heard this before. He sets the tone for movies that he's on about getting along, about being genuine, about connecting. He like, Todd, Todd's word is the one that I will focus on the most warmth. Mm-hmm. He's the warmest person. Yeah. 
like, I wish he was like in my family Mm -hmm. and that I could go hang out with them because I want to, if not completely absorb what he has, have him inspire me to, because I don't think what he's doing is, is acting or choosing to be a certain way. Maybe he is choosing. He just is. Yeah. And, and I, I find it to be very soothing. Well, and sometimes I'm, uh, I'm like, okay, what, what, am, what do I hope the Zen parenting listener is going to get as a result of listening to this podcast? First of all, just your visual of if he was at a family party, like I would just be by his side, just wanting to like inherit some of the, his energy, you know, like right. be a part of it. Um, but I think my hope is that the listener can find their version. Because, you know, some people are like, I don't like Jeff Bridges. I don't know what the big deal is. That's fine. Find out whatever your version of Jeff Bridges right. is or whatever your version of driving a Jeep is. Yes. Thank you, Todd. And yeah, this is not about watching Jeff Bridges movies and buying a Jeep. Yeah. This is about me finding things that serve my soul. And then secondly, if you really want to be good at it, you know, like we just talked about that family party thing, like, can you be that person of warmth that somebody else may want to surround themselves with? (coughs) Sorry, everybody. Yes. Well, and that is, and that is, I love that wrap up, Todd. And I, I were finishing up here so Todd can go back and chill. Um, I, the, the experiences that I'm sharing with you today or, or the things that bring me joy, if it be watching birds, ants, you know, finally driving in a car that is, and again, it's so weird. I I keep saying this, but it's not about the car per se. It's about not having a roof over your head. It feels so good. Um, That brings me so much joy. And then having the connection of the waving to people and the community and then so Todd, this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I need to, you and I need to, and maybe the girls can be in the back. We need to drive in the Jeep with the top down on a nice day. We need to wave to people and listen to Jeff Bridges. There you go. That That's an overhaul of joy. That's it. That would be amazing. And then be on the way to pick up Portillo's or something. There you go. Um, and then the last thing, this being the 666, I feel really um, revitalized because I grew up um, watching the Omen and Damien Omen two, and got very scared of six, 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 like was that movie, like had a huge impact on me. Um, and now I have a new, um, and again, I know it came from revelations and everything, but now I have a better, uh, awareness. Spiritual, spiritual meaning of six, six, six is an encouragement to refocus. Thank you. I got refocused. There you go. Um, I'm going to go off again. (laughs) Sorry to laugh. It's not funny, but sorry. We're just Todd and I are like eek and bye, man. Like if it's not one thing, it's another <clears throat> thing. But here we are. Um. <laughs> so our last three Zen talks, one forty six was connecting. So two of the topics we discussed: connecting with your preteen daughter and college drinking. The one before that, teenagers and curfews, and the one before that, feeling depleted and summer transition. So just gives you a sampling of some of the things that we talk about on our Zen talks. You look like and you're Zen Talks to... is because Todd didn't fully explain that was that's Team Zen. Yeah. So we have a virtual community, and twice a month we we get together on Zoom and yeah. people from all over the world, and people ask questions and we share and people share resources and we have a Facebook page and yeah. people can email us. So a lot of times Todd and I get well Todd does coaching still, but this summer especially I'm not doing any individual coaching and I get all these emails like 
And I always say, join Team Zen. You will get not only Todd and I, but all these people who have so much uh, wisdom. Yeah. And it's just nice community. Um, and then uh, I'm also executive director of Men Living, uh, creating spaces for men to connect authentically and vulnerably. And my sweetie has this amazing book called Zen Parenting, Caring for Ourselves and Our Children in an Unpredictable World. And uh, very, very relevant these days. Very much so. And then Jeremy Kraft, he uh, is the CEO of Avid Company Painting and Remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area, 630-956-1800, avidco.net. And I think that's all I got. Do you have anything else, sweetie? No, that's good for this week. I, I wanted to, um, you know, just kind of get back and and find some of these beautiful things and it doesn't mean the challenging things are gone or that they're wiped away or that we forget them it means that we have to make room for all of it yeah and that's what it means to be human and when you are feeling like the world is getting you down um you can't always change the world but you can make choices in your own life to um at least get a little bit it can be simple it doesn't have to be grand go out and be in the sun you can't change the world, but you can change yourself. You can. I mean, you know, you and I talk about circle of influence all the time. And sometimes I get really focused on that big circle, which mm-hmm. is the the world. Yeah. Like, how do I influence? How do I influence? And and while there's definitely things I can do more than I used to think I could do, um, I also know that it begins with me finding the energy and sleep and and ability to handle hard better yeah. so I can keep going after it. Yeah. So uh, we will see you all next week. Hopefully I'll be back up to 100% on Zen Parenting Radio. Thanks, everybody. Keep trucking. Have a good one. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are always grateful for your support. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen, pre-ordering Kathy's Zen Parenting book, or subscribing to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com. If you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we will talk to you again next week.